Yo, yo, what's good? Bob, what it is, man? Barry G. Man, I'm on the other side of the coin, bro. So, you know? So, so, uh, I just checked Twitter, man, and it says DMX is still alive. Really? He, yeah. Um, his, I think his manager, uh, Steve Rifkind, uh, or Rifkin, put a put out Rifkin, yeah. yeah put out a video and uh, uh, telling everybody to you know um, uh, not to rush to put a RIP out there to judgment because his uh, family is hard on his family and um, and uh, yeah man he's he's still fighting bro he said the family is gonna have a press conference tomorrow or put out a, a word tomorrow but um you know it says the brother is suffering from organ failure but he's still um he's still on life support so he's still living off of them prayers man man this is uh so shout out to yo matter of fact let me let me let's uh let's start over man let's let's start over <laughs> <laughs> Hard reset, Hard reset on this. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Black Man Star Podcast. I'm your host, Barry Graves. I have my brother, uh, host of Improv with Hav, Javier Reyes, on the line with us today. What's going on, Hav? What's Gucci, man? Hey, man, good good to hear uh, the fan base that is the, the Black Man's Heart Podcast. Good to be back on. Um, it's been a minute, man. I'm glad, glad to be back on. Welcome, man. You, you just definitely your home, brother. So, yeah. Thank so you. we were just talking about uh, our brother Earl Simmons, aka DMX. Yeah. And um, uh, this has been this was real rough, man. Because uh, you know when I first heard about it, it was it felt like when Tupac got shot in Vegas, and it was like the initial thought is, oh no, he'll but he'll be all right, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then you start reading headlines and going into the story and you just stop. You know, you, you don't want to read anymore because it's it feels too final. It feels too too deep uh to keep going. Yeah. The this it also so just a minute ago, I, I was sitting here and I was like, what? No, because I was uh you had told me about man, he he, you know, he passed. I was like, what? So I go to Twitter. And I think that's just a reaction now. Right. Like, <laughs> when you hear about something, you're like, man, let me go to Twitter. Man, go hey, to Twitter. I, I, I went to, to TMZ, YouTube. bro. You know, I went to TMZ. So. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm like having flashbacks of uh, Aaliyah. Because when I, when I was, when I found out about Aaliyah, it was night, it was, it was around the evening time. Yeah. And, uh, and it was warm outside and, we were drinking, about to go to a party. We were in college, about to go to a party. And uh, somebody's like, hey, y'all, Aaliyah died. And I was like, what? Mm. Immediately, my whole mood just changed. It, it, and it wasn't like I was a super fan of Aaliyah, but being born on the same day, the same year, um, right. as somebody like Aaliyah, a super celebrity, you know what I mean? Right. It, it was like, damn, like you lost a friend or something, you know? Yeah, that's one. She, but, she was family. She was family. She was, you know what I'm saying? Like, never scan, nothing scandalous about, you know, never beef with nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, no, I'm not a lead. So, how, 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 did, how did you come to hear about 
the whole thing with DMX and like, what was your reaction to it? Man, to be honest with you, I was like, oh man, this is another, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be great because, you know, we, we hear these stories, unfortunately, kind of frequent with DMX. And so um, my thing was like, oh no, he's going to pull through. You know, it's, it's you know, he, 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 he's done it before, you know? And so when folks are talking about uh, brothers, you know, on, on life support, I'm like, what? What? what, 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 what wait, did, did I miss something? And uh, right. so that's when it kind of like hit me on some like, oh, this isn't like these normal occasions. This, this is, this might be the one, you know? This might be the um, the serious one, and it's it, it's it's still kind of surreal, right? That he's on life support. I'm like, what? He means on life support, and uh, you know, people are legitimately praying for him and and caring for him, and uh, but it's still just it's sad and unfortunate. And you know, DMX is someone that I pulled for over the years. You know, I, I know he's trying to get his life right, get closer to God, and all these things. But it seems like. It's just, it's still haunts him, you know? It's still, um, is around him and he just cannot cast that demon out, you know? And um, I'm praying, you know, maybe this can be an opportunity, you know? It's just, you know, it's hard, man. It's hard seeing him go through that. There was, um, uh, I don't know if it was a movie or I can't remember what it was um, or a book. But it was talking about how um, when you're when you're a celebrity or when you're famous, you have a lot of momentum going for you. Uh, you some people around you could be yes men. Yes. And these yes men don't really have your best interests at heart. They just want to keep you going, um, uh, keep you keep you on a roll so that they can take in a lot of that fame and that um, uh, celebrity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what has been going on with the brother like recently but it seemed like he was on a roll like he was just doing really good uh you saw the verses with him and Snoop and it was it was dope to see DMX fat you know what I'm saying because that's the sign somebody that's starting to heal a little bit from a different or come back from a role that they were uh, uh that was leading them to destruction especially with addiction you see a lot of people right. when they recover from addiction, they start to gain a little bit of weight. And I was I was like, oh shit, DMX is chubby now. It's about to be on in a minute. He's gonna he's gonna he's he's getting right. He's about to get back in the lab and make something happen. You know what I'm saying? And so to hear all of this, bro, it was like, yeah, it was uh, a shock, a real big shock, especially because I was the biggest DMX fan in nineteen ninety-six. 1998, um, right when it's dark. No, you, you, you're the second. You're the second biggest. You're the second biggest. Fan, <laughs> that was the first, bro. <laughs> when when that album dropped, man, I already knew it was a. Pl- all right, so first of all, I'm a hip hop head. Hip hop head. I know you are too. High, like straight yeah. hip hop. You know what I'm saying? No matter where it was from, I was on it as soon as it came out. From the time I was a child till till, I, so. I'm in college and my boys, they're like, oh man, you gotta hear this Jay-Z. You gotta hear this reasonable doubt. I was like, all right, man, I ain't trying to hear no Jay-Z. Isn't that who Tupac was talking about? I ain't trying to hear no. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I was loyal. You know what I'm saying? Blasphemy. Yeah, I'm not trying to hear no. So I was already, nah, 
within my boy Hadari. Shout out to my boy Hadari from Harlem World. Uh, he was like, yo, dogs, you got to hear this DMX, dogs. <laughs> and, and Hadari, Hadari already talked like that. So it was like, all right, let me hear this DMX. Soon as I put it in, soon as I put it in, yo, you got the new Rough Riders. I heard these niggas was for real. Dog, that's my friends in them. Yo, I heard these niggas was like locking down the industry on some shit, on some power shit. Dog, that's my man's in there. That's a classic impersonation right there. Dude, see classic. I heard that and he was like, so what I'm doing, my man's in them is doing it. Because... <laughs> That's my man's in there. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, DMX is the truth, bro. Like, like, I, I mean, I know folks, you know, he had probably arguably one of the best voices in hip hop, you know, but yeah. um, because you felt it, you know, you can tell he was a, he was a dude from Yonkers, you know, he was a. Uh, and real quick, shout out to Kunet because the only person I had heard with that voice, uh, like that natural gruff to their voice before yeah. X was Kuna. And Kuna yeah. had the strip. Uh, what, what, what was Sitting on the door, reminiscing about my. Bro, Kuna had that just. It, it, it made you turn it up as soon as you heard his voice. And, right. And, and so, but my, my bad, my bad. I had to shout out Kuna real quick. Go ahead. It's a Lakeview thing, man. I, I hate it. So it's a Lakeview <laughs> thing, man. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, he he just, you know, he, you could tell he was he was a bit like, it, I I would have been so sad if I would have found out that he was a, a studio gangster or he was a fake you know street dude, right? Like, because he was so, like he wasn't trying to be DMX, he just was DMX, you know, exactly. and uh, so and it's how he came, like we ain't never seen no one like come like that in hip hop, you know. So uh, uh, authentically himself, you know, and you know it was just refreshing, bro. Like, but he was so talented. Like, yo, this is the only dude I think in hip hop to this day that had two number one albums in the same year. Uh, bro, are you talking about when, when uh, the second and third album, or the first and second album? Oh, I think it's the first. The second one's a part of it. So either it's the first and second. Or second and third. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it had to be. I'm thinking it was probably the second and third because I remember the third album. I didn't really mess with too much because it had a few radio hits on it. I didn't. I wasn't really. I was. Ah oh, man, he's, he's going radio. I mean, he had to cross over a little bit though. He you did, know I mean? man. He did. But I, see, all right. So look, I, a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I don't feel like Tupac's All Eyes on Me was his best work. Like, I don't feel like it was his best album. Only because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, even though it's a double and you got a lot of bangers on it, it felt like a little tracks on there that's like, I don't want to say filler, but it's like, man, this could have been on something else. But, Machiavelli, Mac- I mean, I, I, people are going to be mad at me for saying this, but I think Machiavelli is one of his best. I mean, all the stuff he couldn't be vulnerable about. On, oh, facts. Um, oh, facts. On, on, Machiavelli in White Man's World and um, but bro, Machiavelli, I feel like Machiavelli is in his top three easy, easy. Yeah. Me against the world, I would put yeah. number one. 
Um, yes. Me against the world number one. Uh, Machiavelli number two, and strictly for my niggas number three. Yeah. Facts. And that's that's Facts. like almost a close tie with me with all eyes on me. And it, it, and like I'm saying, all eyes on me was dope, but it it just it didn't feel like Machiavelli. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely um. That's a, that's a great that's a great uh you know poll question right there because a lot of people would have to really think right because you would think because all eyes on me have all those hits on it I mean there were so many hits class on drop. that album but and and, and let, shout out to Daz Dillinger because Daz put his foot in all eyes on me. DJ Quick they foot in all eyes on me um yeah uh johnny j johnny j rest in peace dj bro, dj quick bro i mean he has some collabs on there that was smashing like yeah i, I even think rip rock had a uh had a beat on all eyes on me um if i'm not mistaken yeah and 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 it was it was so dope to hear method man red man uh uh rapping forte uh sebo drama side like yeah. all of these rappers on different tracks it was like a it was like a um what's the word uh spice one bro Sp- uh, it was it was a it was a it was a it was a um it was uh it was like a reunion bro exactly exactly you know, and, and so so it was, so but back to X real quick yeah. Ha. The first album. Where were you? And, and, and look, I want to make this clear to everybody. We're celebrating X right now. We're giving him his flowers right now. We're celebrating him. We're not speaking of the brother as if he has passed. Um, I prayed for him the other night. I know everybody has been praying for the brother. Um, but I really I'm I'm I love talking hip hop and I love getting into how other people how albums made other people feel when you first heard it's dark and hell is hot what was your reaction and where were you in life when you when you heard it <laughs> bro if, I, if i'm so so, so the, the late 90s because so much stuff came out so I, I just this is what i'll tell you what i from what i remember there was a huge hole in hip-hop right biggie died tupac died and now was uh yeah. you know who could basically take the throne in a sense, you know, who can, you know, um, pick up where it was lost. Right. And so, you know, everyone, you know, everyone's trying to either try to copy big or copy Pac, you know, and, and so there was, there was, it was kind of like a scramble, right? Like who's going to step up, who's going to, you know, be the king of the jungle in a sense, you mm-hmm. know? And then, you know, Jay-Z came out kind of biggie, you know, uh, Snoop, you know, a couple other people, but when DMX came out, I, I think I'm like would be in college, so I'm 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 still young, but I'm you know I'm still kind of rowdy, you yeah. know. <laughs> and this brother comes on the scene, and you're like rough, right? You know, so it, so what's dope about DMX is that he not only did he bring himself, but he brought a movement. Mm. Lots. You know? First he time I heard the locks. Yeah, because it, it it was him, or, and then you know Swiss B. Swiss B, exactly. You know, so you you ha- yeah. yeah, yeah. So you have the producer, you have the crew, you know, and then you have this guy who's just who wasn't scared to just be by himself, 
you know, and he definitely, you know, I remember him talking about Pac, and, you know, he's like, you know, he was like, I'm not trying to, you know, be like him, but, you know, because Pac is his own, I'm just, I'm just trying to be me, you know, and, and, and I felt him on that, because that's a lot of pressure, right, to have to um, live up or, or carry the mantle of, uh, of somebody else who was a giant, too, so he just came and bit himself, you know, like, and I just remember, like, we was not ready for that. No. You know, no. <laughs> West Coast, we was like, what the, what is, who is this dude? You know, something about a brother who's just like a little off, but a little sane at the same time. Because yeah, every you track know? made sense. Like every single track, you were like, man, I, dude, I feel him, bro. <laughs> like I feel him. Right. It felt like uh, the character that you created, Anthony, in Street Soldiers. I mean, uh, in uh, the, it's the Streets to Speak. And and yeah. it was like, uh, like even though he's he's doing this heinous shit it's like i feel him you gotta eat you gotta you gotta you're gonna start you gotta eat and 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 it made sense right. like even um so the track on uh his first album called the prayer when he's uh talking to god or uh, when he's praying and bro right. i heard that and i was entranced and then the beat drops. Yeah. And he it's like he's continuing this conversation. You tell me that this love here, but to me it's and, and and by the end of that song, bro, I'm in tears. I'm in tears in my college dorm yeah. room, bro. Because I had not heard someone since Tupac be that raw on on wax. Right. Right. So so DMX definitely helped fill that void. Even though he was an East Coast dude, he helped fill in that void that, that Pac left yeah. us. You know? Um, that kind of energy, that kind of me against the world, I don't give a F, you know what I'm saying? But he did it in authentic DMX way, you know? And it but but see, but there was an urban legend around him, right? Like he was like you would hear him battling on Jay-Z and John, you know, so like he was connected to Murder Inc. and like you very rare like I, I i hear nori um on dream champ shout out to nori tells a story of like going and see, hanging with dmx in yonkers at like yeah. four in the morning right it was just DMX. i think he might have been in a hood that wasn't yep. his own yo you gotta hear the fact. story in when nori met him in la and oh yeah where well, they, they could have recorded it bro <laughs> He was like, I was looking yeah. at for the whole day. And then I think he said it went into the next day. <laughs> and they still had to hit the studio. Oh and he's gosh. like, yo, I'm paying for this room. And then in the studio time, no, he said, I'm paying for the studio time. And we haven't even <laughs> Bro, Nori tells some of the yo, best stories, some of the best DMX stories. Yo, and then DMX was just on there. So I I have to catch up to that interview, bro. Um but yeah, I mean, just the story of him, you know, with some dudes and they're throwing refrigerators <laughs> off a roof. I mean, bro, how crazy, you know what I mean? And then you hear about this dude freestyling, right? You hear about this guy yeah. battling people, right? And then you, you start to hear a story and it's like, you know, foster care and all these different things. And you're like, but then at the same time, you know, for me, it still has this connection with God. You know what I mean? Hip hop, 
you know, you don't you don't have people associate with the two. You know, it's either super struggle, but like, you know, God was all over his stuff. You know, and I wasn't even you know kind of in that space myself. So to see him be so transparent, that's one thing you can't say about DMX is that you didn't know where he was coming from. Oh, you knew. You you knew um, the space in which he was at. You know you could you could you know DMX is one of the first people I saw cry on ever stage. ever like have a moment ever and it, and it just be like it just made you cry. You know what I mean? Just like and I and I understand I understand I'm I'm looking forward to in my life to have that moment where you where you realize where you've come from. Yeah. Right. And then you get to this place and you're like, damn. Shouldn't be here, bro. You know, it, well, why am I it, here? It, like, I, w- I you know? went to the Hard Knock Life concert in San Jose, and mm. I had because I, I wanted to see X, I didn't care about nothing else, I just wanted to see DMX live. And when I got there, Met the Man and Red Man were just getting off the stage. Me and my brother Alvin, shout out to my brother. Uh, we we get in, we work our we, we oh, see wow. other uh, uh, of our folks from the turf. Uh, my cousin Eric, rest in peace, he was there, and and he was like, "Come on, y'all!" And <laughs> our tickets were supposed to be in the nosebleeds, bro. We got down to the floor, and by the time we got there, X was on stage. Mm. Uh, yeah, X was on stage, and uh, where he was about to take the stage, he gets on stage and. Word for word, I'm rapping every single bar. And and I got my back to the stage and I'm rapping to the crowd. And and I'm and he's like right behind me. And I'm rapping to the crowd with like with a with an imaginary microphone in my hand. And <laughs> I had like about mm. five or six people in front of me, like cheering for me. And I'm like, but I'm going off of his energy. Bro, it was the sickest shit and yeah, just to feel that whole elect, electric performance from from him, from everybody, really. But uh, you felt somebody giving their spirit, their soul on stage. You felt it. You, you're giving it. You're giving it on in writing, right. and you can't help but do it in each performance. And, and it was, it felt natural. It felt real. Right. It didn't feel like something that was being done for the audience. It was something that came from somebody's spirit, and you were just lucky enough to accept it and appreciate it for what it was. True artistry, bro. True artistry. Right. Because th- th- there definitely was a lot of, um, there was a lot of fake thugs yes. back then, you know? <laughs> there was a lot of dudes who were, who were definitely um, not about that life at all, you know? And, um, so that that was that era too, right? Fake R&B thugs, but DMX, you know, that dude was no, you know, fake. You know, he, he was a real deal, Holyfield. And um, you know, you just see at some points. I mean, it was just you know, you start seeing him doing movies. Like he was the next next yeah, the thing, movies. you know. And so you, yeah, you got to watch him. You know, like it was just it was it was a natural. You know, he was a natural, and. So it was amazing seeing him, like, you know, and we're not even talking about Belly. Oh, man. You know? I yeah. Mean, I love that movie. I love, I loved his character in Belly. You know? Um, I mean, I, I love back then, like, I mean, unfortunately, yes, 
did they show a lot of <laughs> classy dressed women, you know, but but Hype Williams, right? The director back then and Lil X. I mean, those dudes did some of the most iconic rap yeah. videos. I, I would have loved to see a Hype Williams, you know, uh, directed uh, Me Against the World or All Eyes on Me or Machiavelli video. Um, I feel like he could have brought right. another eye to Pac's work that would have been great, like, because Pac himself had that kind of theatrical eye in his videos. Even with Brenda's Got a Baby, um, you know, uh, what was right. that? Dear Mama. Um, and I don't know if Pac was alive when they did Dear Mama, right. but just that kind of, his music. He, he was, he was okay, in jail. So, he was in jail. And, and his in jail. music. Oh, that's that's right. He was, so his music, any was theatrical in in a sense. Um, to have that kind of eye on it, yeah, it, it would have been amazing to see something like, especially with the technology that that they were using in '98-'99 and moving forward. It was it was, and so this correlation we're making between X and Pop. I'm not comparing the two, but just like you said, I think X filled a void, bro, because. Yeah we did not have somebody as spiritual uh, from uh, from that that part of the gutter like we had since pop. There, there were other rappers, yes. I'm not saying right. that other rappers weren't. We did, but the way that he brought it, I was out robbing people, bro. Like in 19, from 95 mm. to I say after I stopped working for the Giants and five um to about ninety-nine, I was robbing people. Mm-hmm. And um and I had options like yeah, you can go to work, but I need this money right now. Like I gotta put gas in my tank and nobody is giving me money because I'm eighteen or because you know um I should be making money. So but I need this money right now and I'm about to go get it. And I found that it was easier to just lay somebody down, you know, just murph them out or, right. you know, and, and go fill up my gas tank. And so when I'm hearing X and, he, and he's talking about robbing people and, and, and I know for him it meant something completely different, but I can kind of relate to that shit. Just that having right. that being alone in the street at night and hunting people like I was on that shit man I was hunting people from the bar station hunting right walking home from work getting off of work I mean hard working people and, I, and I'm I felt bad for what I but I was in that headspace bro at the time and it was like now you can't tell me nothing because you're not giving putting nothing in my pocket so you can't judge or say anything about how I'm getting money or helping other people get money and right to, to hear that at that time but then for him to back it up with talking to god and saying i need a way out of this and then when my reckoning came it was that serious that i went back and listened to that album and was like yo something has to change something for real has to change because i was just facing four felonies and and my life could have been done for had the dude wow. that was on the stand said, yep, he's the one that robbed me. My life would have been done for. 
had any one of the people that I robbed been able to ID me, it would have been over for your boy. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be on the Black Man's Heart podcast right now with my brother. I wouldn't have even known you, huh? Because it would have been a wrap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, 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 I had my moment too, man. It, bro, bro, it, it, for, for every black man or man of color in America, for every man in America that has tried to live up to this impossible standard of being a success, of being on top of the world, it, it, it let's, let's just take a deep breath. Let's just take a deep breath real quick. And let's just say that um, it's, it's not for everybody. Everybody cannot be the king sitting on his throne on top of the world. Um, and when you are that right. king sitting on top of your throne on top of the world, that, that, that crown is heavy. That crown is super heavy. And believe me, you got people coming at your throat for that super crown. Super heavy. Um, right. It's not to say that you're not a right. king, but just don't, try, brothers, try not to place so much pressure on yourself that you end up doing something stupid, something that you can't take back because you're trying to get there the easy way. But right, this is this is this is. I mean, this is this is that stuff they don't teach in school, bro. Yeah, man. Because it, I, I've seen it take a lot of brothers out. And, and and not just the, the the crimes that were committed, the self medication from the guilt um, is something that you don't see in the movies. Right, the guilt behind this shit that we do because we're not horrible people. We we were somebody's baby at one point. Yeah, what's that song? Slipping when DMX did slipping, man. Oh my gosh, bro. That, that I mean that song. Yo, I, I can't tell you. It summarized everything. It, it put it put our lives in a song. And I was like, oh my gosh, bro! Like, I mean, how 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 amazing is this, right? For for this brother to be able to capture um, such heartache and pain, you know, and and, Man. and his dog Puma. Oh, oh my bro, gosh. It, it, that's another reason oh, I, I related dog, to him because before I even heard uh, DMX, around the time that I heard the first album, before I even heard the album, I got my first tattoo, like maybe a month or a few weeks, I don't know. Before I even heard the album, I got my first tattoo of my dog Capone um, uh, that I was raised with in, Lake, in Lakeview. And Capone was... Uh, bro, of course, his name after a mobster. Shout out to my dad, Cletus. Man, he had this dog of when course. he was younger, and so by the time I came around, Capone was a little older. And um, uh, as Capone got older, they took him up to the country, and he uh, they put him to sleep after I had spent the summer up there with him. And uh, and our nana Velma, rest in peace to her. We they when I got back to Lakeview. Uh, a couple months later, they Cletus came over and he sat me down. He told me that they put him to sleep, man. And I cried, dude. Capone was my boy, you know. And yeah. and so when I got to be eighteen and I'm in college, I get this tat of him. So anyway, I hear the album, and I hear the album, and I'm opening it, you know, CD cover. And uh, a lot of young people are like, what? What is it? CD? They're hella old. Yeah, I open the CD book, 
and he, he had a, a picture of him, a picture of X, his back tattoo that said Boomer. And you could see the tech grow high. <clears throat> I was like, what? I, it, wow. it was like, it, you know, we we talked on your podcast about, uh, I was talking to you about Tony Soprano and how sometimes I get this boost of of, of energy or uh, uh, was it encouragement from listening to music or watching movies of men handling certain situations in a certain way. Yes. And um, for me, that's what that's what that did yeah. for me. It was like, it was like, oh, yo, I can relate to this dude a little because I love my dog. I love my dog. And it, it, it was like, uh, yeah, it was like uh, building a bond with an Bro, so let me slow down real quick. For the for the fatherless, it's okay. Take your time, man. This is, this is real, bro. Men out there, or the men that grew up without seeing their father, or that needed somebody to protect them, or wanted an older brother, we would latch on to these role models, or these father figure types, or these big brother types, and. Uh, music wise that's what Tupac was he was like an older brother type because you felt like he was right there with you right you weren't alone you know what I'm saying Hive like like he was in the struggle with you and at that point in my life I felt it felt right. like this DMX dude is like a older brother type I could relate to him so much and and I think that's what it was bro it right. was just like relating to another brother on a deeper level a level that I needed to relate to somebody on Right, right, and and, and no, and, and and it's real, bro. Cause like, keep keep it real with you. Um, you know, there wasn't that many. You know, again, we go back to that time and era. There wasn't a lot of homies like that around. You know, who were, um, who mm-hmm. were as authentic as him. You know, who, who um, who, who who yeah, who were just so charismatic, who were so um forthright about and, and unashamed of their struggle man you know what I mean like he he he, he really represented where he was from Super. no no cap you know and and I, I love that about him I, I love that about that cat bro um you know like he you know you could just tell like this dude was growing right before our eyes you know even as a young dude a grimy New York guy you know and uh and uh and so I, I, I was cool, bro. It, it was it was cool. It was cool to see someone grow up and, and become something bigger than right, what they were when right. they started, you know. And, and 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 X was that dude. He was he was that guy who was like, you know, a straight a straight ninja from the block, you know. But he was deep. He, he was he he his his complexity was like his complexity of the so many layers to this guy, right? You know, uh, he, he really is a preacher yeah. who can rap. Oh man, say you, you know, can say that again. There happened bro. to be a street. Dude. You could say that again, man. Oh yeah, he he was a preacher who could rap. There happened because to be a street. So dude. many, so many reverends you know? now try um, try their hardest to. It's almost like a police officer that doesn't that didn't grow up in your neighborhood trying to police in your neighborhood. A lot of reverends are not preaching from right. their spirit. They're trying to 
just gain an audience. And with with him, like you didn't feel like that. Right. Like his first album, it it did not have radio appeal to me. It just had that raw, this is for the people right. kind of feel. And that's what the people want. You we don't wanna right. we don't want somebody that's performing. We want somebody that's giving their spirit because that's what music muse it's right it's that it's that energy that's created that other people will 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 bond to and it resonates through all of us it's spiritual it's spiritual how when was the last time you heard a spiritual rap artist like like not i don't mean christian or islam i don't mean like that's from that's from this time yeah from this like, area, like somebody that resonated in your spirit. Mm. Mainstream, I can I be honest, a Rowdy uh-huh. Rich. He did that song called War Baby. That that song is right. fire from, th- from this generation. Powerful. And, and, Powerful. Because uh, he had a choir on it. He was talking about some real. I said I don't, I don't hear a lot of people talk. No, no, about that, I, and know? I was gonna say, but, and, and, and like, how did it make you feel? Like, what was the, what was the energy like after after listening to it? Was it like, did you feel good? Were you feeling up, or were you feeling like, oh shit, like you just experienced something? No, I, I mean, I felt good, you know. Um, I mean, what are you saying? Um, I'm a war baby. Uh, I, I'd have made it through the yeah it was just like it was a testimony right it was just like yo bruh um, I made it from some very serious conditions and you know because he, he spit some I'm like yo youngster even the concept is like pretty crazy and pretty innovative I'm like okay you know uh, this this younger generation definitely gets a lot of crap and a lot of flack for not being authentic and, and real and you know out the box you know it's very safe right we're rapping about what everyone else does so to see him go there with it you know it's, it was like a it was like a musical I'm like yo okay this young generation definitely has some you know they have mm-hmm. that substance when they want to tap into it you know they can go there you know they can they can go there and that that it was just refreshing to see someone that young go there and just be honest and gritty and just be you know cinematic that's what yeah. like dmx right. was cinematic <clears throat> you know he like he 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 did like one he, he, he reminds it like in, in the sense of chaos one yep. where it's like he's doing one man shows you know he's 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 doing these movies and you're like Damn. he's doing these movies but they're songs you know and he didn't even know i don't think like, bro, like you're out here just taking folks to another level of, of like, of imagery and storytelling, and you know, bro, like it's this real. is. It's, we just, you know, I, I, his first uh, album was, no, was the red cover, right? His first album it was like a brownish, uh, kind of. Yeah, like a like some, a magenta. Yeah, like a magenta. Yeah, yeah, and then the second one was uh, him covered in blood. Yeah, yeah. Hell is yeah. hot and something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that that didn't have Bless you. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the first um, one had to have rough riders anthem. anthem on. Yeah. Thank you. And you right. brought up another artist, bro. KRS one. Um 
when I heard KRS-One, I was yes. probably in the sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade, and he had that song "Love's Gonna Get You." You remember that? Yes, one one of my favorites to this day. <sighs> Dude, it's, a, it's a play. "Love's Gonna Get You" when that came. First of all, that song is like possibly like what five, six, seven minutes, something like that. It's hella long, hella long. Yeah, got my bro- and my brother. Got he said got my son. Losing <laughs> my brother or not? There was Yo, beans, brother, rice, mean, and bread on my shelf. That's my shelf. Yeah, like he. It's, it's a th- it's a three act short play. So it's, it's a short play, a short film. And like he goes through it, like you know, talking about his conditions, talking about his brother, um, and then it closing. It's that's why it's seven minutes because it's like a it's a short film. I even like the video too, and it's that song love. There's even like a pre-show when you're like that song love. Everyone talks about love. Yeah, that's the know, intro of the song. Like, oh, I never even knew they did a this video to that doing- song. I've never seen a video to that. Are song. you serious, Bruh. Oh, it's in a black. It's like a black. Um, it's like a black studio. So yeah, bro. It's, it's, so it's that song would come on Tremendous. I would lay in my bed and listen to because I think usually it played on Street Soldiers. Shout out to Doctor Marshall and uh, and Doctor Norris and Coach Doctor Marshall. Um, um, but the yeah, yeah, I met him at the. Oh, well, you know, Coach. So I don't mean to go off topic, but you know, like uh, we, we take Dr. Marshall's alive and free courses, and coach comes, you know, coaches and stuff. And um, yeah, bro, yeah, coaches, coaches, man, his coaches coach, and coach, like twenty of them. Whenever phenomenal. he would speak, it was phenomenal. like somebody's grandfather was speaking. Like you just gave him, everybody gave him that respect. You know what I'm saying? And and, and then when you see him, it's like, whoa, who is that? That's who is that? <laughs> I was like, why did you say? I was like, right, that's gotta right. be him. That's gotta be the legend. That's gotta be dude right there. But uh, yeah, that's mostly I think because uh, Free Soldiers I think came on every Tuesday night, and at some point in the show they would play that song. Um, but that was one of those songs that you could yeah. just sit there with your eyes closed and see everything. That his brother was talking about, like when right. Pac talked about the right. picture. I think KRS One, um, KRS One, and who else at that time um, was I heavily? Oh, Chuck D. Chuck D was one of those people you could look. Was it rhyming bar for bar? Uh, he was you could tell he was pre he was another one of those rappers that could have been a preacher because he everything he said you hung on every word trying to figure out right like, well, all right I, this is what i gotta do next by the end of listening to chuck d it's like you're ready to take action by the end of listening to krs1 you just saw the plight of black america and right and these were our giants in hip-hop you know what i'm saying so x came at in the what they call the platinum age, um, right of hip hop, uh, which is right after the golden age of hip hop, and right. he was he came in a long line of, of brothers who were who were spiritual advisors to us, for lack of a better word, right. But so 
So how? Right. Let, let's um. I want to keep you know going on about uh because it is you know with, like I said shout out shout out to our brother and and his family. We are praying for you, X. Um, um, yeah, man. And rest in peace to all of the legends that we lost. Um, but how have you been, man? What's what's been going on mm. with you? What's been up with you lately? Man, uh, man, I've been, you know, I've been dealing with this little eye thing I have, man. You know, it's a little it's super dry out here. But one of like the biggest things, man, aside from work and working with the young people, man, I'm, I'm, I'm looks like I'm gonna go get uh, shot one, man, of, of the of the you vaccine feel about it? tomorrow. Wait, wait first, first of all, which one are you, you know? getting? Feel like I'm, <laughs> feel like I'm letting down five percent. The five. <laughs> Uh, uh, hey, hey, I'm getting the uh, oh, okay, AstraZeneca, okay. you know, so, let's go. <laughs> we were also talking about on your podcast, man, I was telling you how uh, a lot of people were talking about the vaccine, like, you know, you get the Johnson & Johnson and the Pfizer and, like, you know, like the Jordans and stuff, but it's, uh, what's the, emo- <laughs> ah, easy. what's the thought and the emotion behind it? I know you said you were a little nervous, but, um, What's the upside to what's the other side to it? The other, you know, what's the, what is your, what, what was the deal breaker? What made you decide to get it? So I, I, I talked to my doctor today and one of the doctors today, I talked to him in a minute and I was like, man, you know, I, I was talking to him about my eye, right? Cause I've been dealing with this kind of like dry eye stuff and they're like oh hey by the way you know we have some coupons available for this uh you know for this vaccine and i was like oh well you know i'm trying to get out of it like yeah you know i'll talk to my doctor about it my primary and he's like um like well it's like well we we both got it like you know i i I wanted you know i said i wanted to check like with my blood type and stuff i'm making all these excuses right oh maybe i'll come in let, let me see what my blood count's looking like and then see you know I'm thinking, I said, maybe my blood type's one where they say, you know, it doesn't affect, it's not affected by Corona, you know? And, um, you know, I'm trying all this stuff. And then she's like, oh, okay. Let's look at your blood count. Look at your, you know, your vitals. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're a perfect candidate. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like it was like Will of Fortune or, you know, you know some, some kind of, you know, the way she may sound. It's like yeah, with you know your your morbid obesity and you know and <laughs> and uh, you know your blood pressure, pre-diabetes. <laughs> yeah, you're perfect for this, you know. <laughs> and I and I smile I'm like oh I'm like oh no, Bro, this is the I, worst consolation prize ever. I'm you know? so sorry this for is, laughing, uh, man. But the way <laughs> it's like, like oh, it's like uh, it's like black. No, it's bro, it's, like, it is, it's hilarious. Uh, give me uh. <laughs> Give me hypertension and stress for three hundred dollars. Yeah. Give me Xanax for three. Yeah. I, I, I like. I started laughing. I'm like, and, and then I'm like, okay. You're like, yeah. You know, I'm interested. And so she's like, yeah. You know, you can call and like we can might be able to get you one as soon as tomorrow. And then she's like, uh, what she say? She's like, uh, she's like, um, like yeah. You won't have to skip the line. You just basically go up to the, go up to the fourth floor, and uh, you know, I'm like, why are you get a black man never gets this kind of priority and kind of you know like whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, I'm like, she's like, yeah, you're gonna skip the line to my 
tell you to go to the fourth floor, then you're not gonna have to win it all. And I'm just like, oh, okay, you like you, know. uh, you like the Academy Awards? Cool. You get a swag bag. That sounds great. With some uh, thermometers and some uh, Pedialyte and some blood pressure cuffs and Gucci. Uh... <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> Gucci sandals. I'm like, oh, I got it made. Yeah, Gucci. So. You know, I mean, I I could have, I could have, I could have talked. You know, I could have, you know. And she still said that. She said, "Hey, man, if you don't feel good, just yeah. call and cancel it, so we can give it to somebody else." You know. And I was just thinking, bro, like, I'm just around some. But what she's saying is true, right? Like, people who are dying from this thing um, have pre-existing conditions. You know, a lot of black people who died from it, you know, have all these, which says a lot, right, about um, how we are in America. You know how our, our just our, our lifestyle—it's all bad. The stress, the lack of generational wealth, the the, the traumatic experiences in our family, right. and then this thing comes and it just wipe, it wipes us out. It's been wiping a lot of us out, you know. And and she so she's not lying about that, and that's what she was saying. She's like, man, you know, like yeah, you could do it, you know, keep going. But if, if there's a huge possibility that if you get it with all your factors, you know. Um, that it could be really bad for you, you know? And I said, if it was anything like what I felt like I had in 2019, but worse, right. woo-woo, then all bad, right? I, like, I thought, if I had it back in 2019, I thought I was going to die. You know, again, we didn't know what, it, what, you know, what it was, but I'm like, man, bro, like, I thought I was done, you know? Yeah. And I just, all I can remember is I don't want to go through that again. That whatever that was, I don't I don't want to feel that because, I mean, bro, just the part that makes me sad of like I had to I was moving during that time, you know what I mean? And like, the doctor tried to tell me, yeah, man, you know, you could have probably had a, uh, what is it, uh, you know, influenza. I'm like, nah, but I ain't no average. Wow. Like this thing had me down for a month and a half. You know, I, I was in bed for two weeks, and, and during that time I had to like you know pack and this is I was at crossroads you know so I didn't do a lot of stuff in between bro so that was stressful and traumatic so mind you I'm sweating all this stuff out bro I'm sweating all this stuff out it's 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 a lot bro you know and so I'm I'm sitting here thinking about this you know and 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 it's real like so far I've been good right I've been able to dodge it I've been able to you know just not get it and, and you know my you know my grandma told me man she was like um she's like yeah i pray every day blah, blah, blah. she said i'm praying for you for your health and she said she had went into a room in the house and she was just praying mm. and she was just praying for me specifically for good health and and she said she heard god wow. say oh he, shout he, out to your protected. grandmother bro she i, I love you know? your grandmother and, bro. um i i love that lady man he, even like I don't know how many of my boys' grandmothers I've met in my life, but I could say without a shadow of a doubt, dude, your grandmother yeah. is one of the smallest, most lovable people I've ever seen in my life. She just has so much love, man. The way that she talks to you and treats you, bro, <laughs> it's, it's refreshing to see yeah. that love between a, a grandmother and a grandson. You know what I'm saying? It's it's. it's the type of stuff you see in movies. Like if she could, she'd have some freshly baked for you every time you come in the house. 
Yeah, she used to, but you know, she has arthritis, man, so she can't, you know, she can't be out there like that. But yeah, no, nah, man. I, I, I see. And at that moment, what I realized was that, oh man, this thing. Yeah, I'm doing my part. I'm, you know, social distancing. I'm not mm-hmm. out there acting like a hooligan. You know, acting stupid. Exactly. Like part of it's just God. God's been protecting me, bro. You know, ultimately, you, you know, um, you know, there's times I thought I had it. You know, I, I took a test today. You know, I, I've been taking, you know, up to two tests a week yeah. for the last almost year. You know, so yeah, bro. Because you know, I'm working with kids. You know, and you know, we're we're in a place where, um, you know, kids carry it. You know, they, they sometimes they're they're very asymptomatic. You know what I mean? And so they don't know they have it, but they have it, and then you know they're passing it to people. And so you know, it it, it was, you know, and like, so that happened. Then like the place where I work with these kids, we're going to go four days a week. I've been wanting to go into the office five days a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm going to be around these kids a lot more. So I just thought, man, maybe this is the time, you know, you know, at, at my church, I'm a, I'm, I'm a usher. So I'm going to be seeing people, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's important for me, even though they may not be able to see my face, but to feel my presence of like, Hey man, welcome back. You know? And some people like to give me hugs. Some people like to, you know, people don't like to just shake my hand. They like to like bring it in. I'm a big old bear. And so I just thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably have a lot more interactions with people that I, I normally wouldn't have. You know, I said maybe this might be the season. Maybe this is the time before they get crazy. You know, um, that I should do it because it's gonna open to the general public. And so I'm basically gonna kind of be one of the last people right. to get it. Like, because this is my tier anyways, right? For teachers and educators, right? This is our tier to get it before the general public. And um, and, and it's funny, all my people who are like, who are waiting would like, nah, bro, you should do it. Like, it was a, it was a peaceful thing. I even felt it in my spirit. Like, it, it felt peaceful. It didn't feel like, um, you know, I, I was, I was selling out. You know, I, the conspiracy theories in me still like, damn, bro, you know, long-term effects. It's only six months, you know. If if I if I have the choice to not be around people, and then also tell thing with my grandma, right. bro, like right. you know, for her birthday, I couldn't take off my mask, you know, and that bothered me, bro. Like everyone was partying, having a good time, you know. Uh, probably shouldn't have, you know. My grandma's, you know, seventy six. Hindsight, in hindsight, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, I feel the same way, man, because um, um, but, um, I, I'm i not wearing a mask around my kids or anything. Uh, you know, when I'm inside, I don't wear a mask. But when I go to another family member's house, I wear a mask. Um, and it's, yeah. it is kind of weird, but then it's like, uh, mm-hmm. well, because I, I, and I don't have a lot of information on the vaccine, but I just know that a vaccine is not a cure. And, and so if you have a vaccine, it still means you can catch it. It just means the symptoms won't be as um, severe. So it's like, yes. okay, well, even with the vaccine, I would still be wearing a mask. And so without the vaccine, it's like, we'll just keep on doing what I'm doing. But then at the same time, right. like I feel what you're saying, because with the pre-existing health conditions, I have asthma, um, being treated for hypertension right now. 
even though they didn't properly diagnose me kind of thing it's like uh mm. i'm trying to do everything i can to to be healthy dropping a lot of weight and working out and taking what you know but it, it's with this kind of thing out here with a lot of people feeling like well i'm immune to it or i don't need to pay attention to the, you know conspiracy theorists or non-maskers anti-maskers as mm. they call them people like that walking around it's like you have to be super vigilant you know what i mean so yeah i don't know man i'm thinking you know bro but I, i'll let you know when i get to that to that point because i'm i don't even like getting the flu vaccine bro so yeah I, i'll never get a flu vaccine you know I, i'll never um you know because i've gotten sick but at the same time you know man like you know, even where I live at, right? It's it's like a it's a it's a it's a like a it's a missionary place, right? And so, you know, there might be some people here coming in a couple months to do some whatever, and you know, I'm not sure if they're gonna wear a mask. Like, and one of the things too, like, I mean, I saw this coming with Israel, right? Israel has this thing called the Green Pass, which basically, if you're vaccinated, you get to go in the gyms, all these kind of things, mask off, you know. And so they're talking about like games, all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, you, you just, it, it, it allows you to um, go to places. And then also when they say travel, right? You can't travel internationally, you know, yeah. without it. Or you gotta get, you gotta get a test, but there's yeah. certain things where it's just like, you know, it, it's gonna get tighter, you know? Um, because some countries aren't doing good. Like Brazil and all these other countries, they're not doing good with it, bro. Like we're, we're trying to get America vaccinated, but honestly, America needs to try to help get the world vaccinated. Because honestly, what is it to go to Thailand or those other places when they haven't yeah. got the damn vaccine? Yeah. And so yeah. now you're coming home. With it. That's what I mean, man. It's like you, know? you got to be super vigilant. So, um, you know, I was just telling uh, Rio, my daughter, uh, that uh, even she gets anxiety behind this. Um, she's only eight. God bless her heart. And this poor little girl, she, we had to leave the grocery store the other day. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, my back hurts. I was like, what's wrong with your back? Would you sit down? She's like, no. And then she starts, Whatever. we know with the wine. Oh, I don't like the wine. And so we ended up leaving and she's like, yeah, daddy, can I tell you why I went to leave? I was like, yeah. Uh-oh. She's like, it's because we were standing there and people were walking by coughing and then you started sneezing. <laughs> I said, oh, I said, but baby, I got allergies. Yeah, <laughs> like, you sick MF girl is she has her mask yeah. on, but she feels like all of these people are sick with something. And she, in her mind, she needs to just get out the area, get out the environment. And I'm like, damn, you know, this is really hard on on kids too. Like this is hard on everybody. Just that paranoia for everybody, bro. And and so I was telling everybody you know, uh, part of. Uh, uh, being vigilant, you know, is just doing what, doing your part, taking care of you. But I, I hear you with this extra layer of uh, protection with the vaccine. Right. Yeah. And, and again, I'm gonna continue to do hot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna still get tested every week. I'm gonna still, you know, um, it, I, I just for me, my grandma. You know, what I'm saying like it, it, it like. There is a stress because I mean I don't know if yeah. I could live with myself if I gave my grandma COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, to see her, she's already suffering enough. 
But to see her suffer like some people suffered from COVID is not, I, I, I couldn't live myself, you know? And so, um, again, yeah, we don't know the long-term effects. But, you know, man, I, if I have COVID, if I got, if I have had COVID, I don't know what the long-term, what, what, what it did to my lungs, bro. Bro, when we have the orange day out here, we don't know the long-term effects of that. You know? Remember those fires? And we were oh, breathing in dead God. people and yeah, electronics and whatever the hell was in there, it, you know? It was 2019, I think. Yeah, back-to-back back back years. Whatever that time was called, freedom? Shit. What am or... I talking about? In 2019, when we had those fires, man, that was ridiculous. Bruh. Right. So you talk about long-term effects. Bruh, there's no vaccine for you know what I mean? Like you're talking about dead people, you're talking about electronics, we were wearing masks. you know. Um, a lot of us you're, were you're wearing talking masks about and stuff. I was wearing a mask and it was still I was still choking on that stuff. Um the sky was oh man. Yeah, right. The N95 mask. N95. That's crazy. Yeah, bro. So So we, we really don't know, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, what, what we would, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's a lot of long-term effects stuff, you know? Um, but for me, I just want to, I want to protect mine. You know, I miss seeing y'all, you know, <clears throat> just being around you guys, you know, just not, you know, it just being yeah. weird, yeah. you know, it's just a... not, you know. No, no, I'm just saying it's a... Uh, so, changing so, world like I was just but, reading today about the uh, the new gun um, the uh, what is it gun laws not gun laws the new executive orders that were signed uh, pertaining to gun registration and things like that and it seems like this administration is gung ho you know like right. um, we're taking charge we're taking we're, we're, we're making things happen we're taking action was a quote um from vice from the vice president and um yeah it's so have you do you feel like what's happening right now the the the, the climate is changing in like a change for the better like do you feel like this is like a like a cleansing and so to speak kind of thing that's happening hmm. it's it's a preparing it's a preparation. Um, again, I, I I believe in the word of God, man. Right. And you know, now you're starting to, you're starting to see it cook up a little bit, right? All these shootings, you, you know, and, and you think this this virus stuff is done, bro? It's, it's just getting warmed up. The, the mutations more coming, you know, and and so, you know, part of it is it's industrialization. You know, there's that, you know. Capitalism doesn't want to. Capitalists don't really want to have that conversation, you know. Like with anything, where's the line? Where, where's the line? Where's, where, where's the line of money where literally society is destroyed, right? Like, um, and they don't want to have that because free enterprise and when is competition and all this kind of stuff. But what, what's the detriment? Yeah. Is, is there is there a line where it goes too far? When's enough money? Enough money, right? When, when is 
like I'm seeing these guys talk about like the immigrants, right? Like, oh, we should make Mexico build a wall and do all this kind of stuff. I'm like, do you not know all the dirt the U.S. has done in Central America? The the coups that they've helped, you know, orchestrate, the yeah. people that they put in office so we can make shoes in Honduras. You know what I mean? Like, Venezuela, like... From the beginning. Bro, we we have beginning. contributed to this. From the beginning. You know? Like, I, I can't um, even... We, we, I can't even... I, I, I have some friends, uh, shout out to them, and God bless them, that are in the real estate. I I can't get into real estate. My conscience won't allow me to be a middleman or to be a a purchaser of land that was stolen from somebody else, that was that was murdered for the land. Like it's just morally, it's it's mm. hard for me to to get down on that yeah. level to be that kind of um, uh, uh, what's the word that you used in the play that that kind of profiteer. Thank you. To be that kind of profiteer, uh, profiteer? because it would it would it would it would mess with me. Mm. But this that's the fabric of this of this nation, and no matter how many layers of mayonnaise yeah. you put on top of it, it's still bullshit. It's still racism. It's still murder. It's still corruption. It's still what it is. And and the laws that are protecting the wealthy are laws that are protecting the world it's not made to protect people like us we have to it's like we have to find our way within those those uh boundaries those those parameters um that they set up for themselves and chasing the american dream right has brought us to this point where it's like okay uh we have to play their game we have to play part of their game and while staying true to ourselves but how do you do that when the game was corrupt to begin with you know, it's like a kind of like a catch twenty two type thing, but we're the ones getting our hands right. chopped off for <laughs> for our crimes. We're getting our heads and our our limbs chopped off for our crimes. So, what does that look like? I like like um, like moving forward because I know you work with a lot of youth. What does it look like trying to get our kids ready or or this generation ready? Yeah, for how this world is changing right now. Um, I, I mean, I, I live by yeah, this model, bro. Know the rules that's before you break them. You know? Know the rules before you break them. So I, I believe our thing is to teach the kids the rules and then say which ones need to be broken. But we got to, we got, we got, we have to teach it to them in fairness, honesty, and, and, and transparency. Historically, uh, like, you know, working on this grant, and we're talking about, you know, typical right. financial literacy and, all that, all that stuff, right? And then um, yes. the notion came up, well, we need to teach kids about financial justice. They need to know why they're doing this. They need to know about, you know, the the the, the, the race massacres and the Seneca villages. No, and, I didn't know that. You no, know, this year it marks the 100 year of Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know that? May, wow. th May 31st marks the year of Black Wall Street, bro. And you know what's crazy? Like, like there's this church a church was one of the few this one church AME church was one of the few buildings to stand the foundation stood right and they found bricks in there bro that um inside the basement that, that still smells like smoke you know so they're doing this whole retrofitting and you know what I mean like like uh, folks who were from there hid in the basement of the church you know it's deep, bro, and, yeah, and, and there's, there's like there's no there's no open investigation and, and that, about it. You know, 
shout out to shout out to um the freedom fighters a lot of people that are everybody that's still on the front lines today seeking justice for our ancestors um because yeah. we are in we're in a place where they don't want to give us that justice where it 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 we're in a place in time right where we are getting tired of asking for justice where if it's not given to us how we require it given to us we are going to have to uh, put ourselves in a position to get justice for ourselves and I don't know what that looks like but I know nobody really wants that no especially the people that uh, that owe us that uh, I don't want to say reparation but that owe us that justice um and, and I don't even think it's for them to give it to it because and think about this yeah how are we how can we ask the people that committed these crimes against us to give us justice for the it's like we're asking the murderer to give us the victim justice and and, and And, and, and yeah, you can't ask, you can't ask people who are still in denial about it. it it's it's almost waste, like we have to get it ourselves or we have to or God has to give it to us. Right. Now if I, 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 and I believe that, that to me that's that's the in terms of fairness and how it's gonna look, that's that's how I bank it on. And it, and it's happening, bro. Like what I mean by that is like, you know, black people are waking up at a at an all-time high. You know? Of course, do we want George Floyd to do we want George Floyd uh right. family to get justice? Absolutely. But we saw what we already saw. Right. We saw. You know what I mean? Like we've been seeing, but we saw what y'all saw. You know, you can say that he had meth in his, you know, you can say he had meth in his bloodstream, you can say he had all this stuff. But we yeah. saw nine we, minutes. We know of, the cause of, of death of, because we watched the murder take place. We saw it. We saw the, yeah, we saw the look on your face, and it's not just that that particular face. It's, it's the faces, like that's the face of white supremacy. That's the face. That that's the look that you give us when we fight back for our humanity and our dignity. Right. And you put your knee on our neck and, and then change sniff us out and then change the narrative. Uh, we saw that media, look, and most importantly, y'all saw that through look. the yeah, um, uh, he had drugs right. in his system, um, he had a bad heart, uh, he had all of this other stuff going on. But it's like, no, he may have had all of that going on before you put your knee in his neck, but once you did that, you took his air. To, to watch his trial and to hear the doctor that was attending to him when yeah. they brought him to the uh, emergency room give the cause of death um, as as it, you know he used asphyxiation I believe um, as the cause of death and to hear that be the cause of death and not drugs not fentanyl whatever, whatever it was to hear that it's like where can you run now and why does it take a doctor sitting on a stand a year or so after this happened to 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 tell us what we already know is that this man was murdered uh this this brother was murdered the father was murdered 
um, in front of people. It was another lynching that we saw take place. Right. And 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 again, bro, how can we ask for justice right. from the same system that it that that metaphorically has their foot on our or their knee in our neck right now? But but I I, I think justice looks different. Right, it, it looks different. Hell no! Um, Hell no! I mean, do, do you really think the Japanese have forgot about us bombing them? So their justice, even if they don't get in the court, is yo, we're, we're cornering things. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have to come to us for certain things. You have to rely to us for certain, or rely on us for certain things. Oh, we're, we're you know, sometimes justice yeah. is long term. Sometimes justice is systematic. You know, and you know, a part of it is when all of us succeed and we build this infrastructure and, and we bleed this system out by us saying, no, nah, you're going to have to go through us for certain things. Right. Because we may not get you to do it, but you're, you're going to have to respect the route. Right. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to monetize justice. How about that? You know, um, if you're not going to give it to, do you think yeah, that we're, uh, we're going to find a way where you, we're going to get justice out of you one way or another? Can come together, or do you think there will always be someone trying to oppress the other? Yeah, I, I believe it's going to happen to 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 the to the last day. You know, uh, yeah. again, I look at the word. You know, shout um, out to BC Brandon Clay you know, too. You remember BC? BC would always say this thing that um, human beings are. Tr- Brandon Clay, the marksman, he would always say stuff like, um, mm. "We're trying to, we're trying to fix racism, but God's coming to end it." You know, and uh, I, I love that. I love that. I, and what I mean by that is, you know, we're we're trying to fix something that that this world has been designed spiritually right like this is this is this is oh my god bro you know, this is little little not right, little not x's world right <laughs> the guy gears uh, real you know, quick have you seen the video right have you seen the little nas x video yeah you didn't see the whole video no i saw parts of it man okay you got okay you gotta watch the much, whole bro. video from beginning to end no, um it was hard. Was <laughs> Before, uh, we're gonna have to revisit this. <laughs> yeah, bro. We gotta revisit this thing because I can't, man. no, because I okay, I couldn't get through the I first part bro. of the video, right? I was like, all right, man. Um, matter of fact, it wasn't even a, the actual video; it mm-hmm. was a reaction to the video, and I was like, no, nah, I can't really watch this because I'm not ready for mm-hmm. it yet, and I wasn't. I don't want to get ready for it right now. <laughs> like, I don't want to be ready for this video right now. So as I'm listening to people talk about it right. and debate on it, you know, I'm reading uh, reviews and stuff like that and uh, Twitter feeds and stuff. Some people are saying, okay, Christians had this thing of judging shit before they even get the whole take it all in. And I was like, fuck, I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> but but speaking of taking it all in, hey, speaking of taking it all in, I I, I saw the image of this guy bent over. I was like, bro, uh, that was like crazy, bro. I, I I saw bits and parts parts of it, 
And I was like, oh my gosh, this is all right. So let me play devil's advocate for a second. And pardon the puns. Let's say new levels, new devils. Y'all gonna hear a lot of dab puns. This video real quick. But uh, let me play devil's advocate real quick. So. Uh, one of the responses that I was reading again, I haven't seen yeah. the whole. Vi- I haven't even seen the video. I have not seen. Uh, um, I've only seen clips. Um, but part of what somebody was saying is that this is, uh, yeah, his way of dealing with the church and their expectations of of an artist, um, of him, and things like that, and and. His response is that he's going to use his music to get him out of a certain situation or whatever it was. And and so I'm wondering if if people who are offended by the imagery, if they watch the video from beginning to end, I wonder if they'll have a different, if they'll take away something different from it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would be your your you know response? I mean, your experience of it if you watch it from beginning to end. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, part of me, um, I I feel sad for him because I mean that that wasn't so. Like I was listening to Andrew Schultz. He's like, Christians should feel happy, you know, because you know, gay, you know. I think gay people are going to hell and Nas X is in hell, so you know he proved them right. I'm like, nah, like you're gonna be surprised who you're gonna see in heaven. I believe, you know, you're gonna be surprised the people who you, you know, whatever, are gonna be in the presence of God, you know. Um, but I, I feel bad that he let somebody, you know, hype him up instead of like actually having a real conversation you- with somebody. There's enough sympathetic and understanding people that he didn't have to do all that with. You know, he didn't have to make that video. You know, I think he he wanted to be sensational. You know, he wanted to like, like you know, do you feel like get a one up, a, but he wanted to uh, a thing that, like, I know you a know? lot of uh, a lot of people have this belief that if you're gay, you go to hell. Um, do you feel like that that's that it's as black and white as that, or do you do you even feel like that's true? Like being a Christian, because I know you said you're a Christian, I, and I grew up in Christianity uh, at a certain age. I kind of started. Uh, not veering away from Christianity, but veering away from religion. Um, but it, it's it. Do you feel like it's as yeah. black and white as if you're gay, yeah. you're going to hell? Like, what are your what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Well, I mean, my thoughts are, I I don't I don't understand just as a Christian why the gay narrative continues to come up when in the mm-hmm. Bible, um, mm-hmm. God talks about greed 10 more times than he talks about sexual immorality. You get what I'm saying? So we don't right. talk about uh, people in Wall Street going to hell for being greedy, you bastards. You know, we, we, we pick on the low hanging fruit and I think, you know, hell is the absence of God's presence, you know? Um, and so there may be some people, you know, I, I think a lot of it is if some people are living certain lifestyles and they know it's wrong and it's a struggle and they're trying to get out and they're they're trying to go with God, you know, um, I, I think he will understand and see people struggle with it. I think it's people who are just, you know, just saying, no, God, I'm just going to be full, you know, 10 toes in whatever activity that I know. Just pre- and, and then I'm not going to really like it's not going to affect me. I'm not going to feel any kind of 
um, you know, kind of feelings about it, then I think, you know, again, hell is the absence of his presence, right? And the whole thing is like, again, not to be gluttonous, not to, there's all these just different things of, of things that God wants right. you to, to, um, to do your best to refrain from, you know what I'm saying? And so if you do all these kind of behaviors, you never apologize for it. You never acknowledge it. You know what I'm saying? Like you're already in hell. You just don't know it. You're in it right. because you the, you the setup is, oh man, I'm not seeing no effects from it, so it's cool. But then you realize you're missing all this stuff, right? You, if you're in addiction, you're missing all you these different like, things. Do you think that, you know? I'm sorry. That, go ahead. You know, all, you know. So, um, my, you know, got. Go ahead. No, um, the, God, the the word says it, it's it's for God's mm. will that uh, no man shall perish. You know, um, it's it's not it's not his. Oh man, I, I want people to go to hell. I think it's not something that God puts people so, in. I think it's something that we choose. Th- this you this know? whole uh, it's something that we choose that uh, gay but, versus straight or or black versus white, um, male versus woman, old versus young. Do you think? When you, when you bring yeah. up the question about a narrative, do you think that it's to divide and conquer kind of thing? Like it's one of those... No, I, I think... I mean, the... the, the, the pro, so, I mean, it's very, it's very complex. I mean, we're from San Francisco, so, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, like, layers in this, right? I think, honestly, um, I mean, there's some amazing people who identify as gay. You know, there's some, there's some, because uh, I, I just think that the narrative is, you know, if someone identifies that they're horrible people, and that's not true, you know, um, w- whether they're doing something that 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 doesn't please God, that's one thing from who who He's created them to be. You get what I'm saying? And gay people are in church all the time. You, I mean, they're, they're they're there. They're part of the. You family. can say that been. shit again. And um, <laughs> so before there was even. A rainbow. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, there were. They, they are. They, they, they are. Before there was the color pink. <laughs> before. <laughs> yeah, but but the rain the no, rainbow no, comes from the saying, black. Like the I, rainbow I, I, comes I get, from no, the black. I, I feel, like, I, I, that's I'm from joking, Noah. But what I'm saying so, is, again, is there was uh, homosexuality before the Bible was even written. Um, there there was, and and it wasn't. Um, yes. There, before the notion of heaven and hell, there was sexuality. Um, be- before you know all of that, so uh, I think. Well, well, I'm gonna tell you this: while, while the Bible was written, if you believe yeah. in the Nephrim, which you know, there's proof that they existed. There's actual skeletons of them. These like fallen angels were having this freaky dicky sex with mankind. They were having sex with women. They were having sex yeah. with men. They were, they were, they were, they were doing all kinds of freaky stuff. That was that. What you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about species shouldn't even be doing it. You, you know what I'm saying? And I think you know, th- there's a lot of people who um, who are gay who um, who struggle with it. Like, see, that's a narrative they don't push out. There's people who are in it but struggle with it and and have a moral thing where it's like, this is something I don't want to do. This is something that I've either, you know, got into, I feel like I was born into. And, you know, one thing I would love for the church to understand, uh, God, I remember watching a documentary on like um, when, when same sex attracted people try to reverse that, how difficult it is for them. 
right? How difficult it is um, to, to, to flip that switch and, and to actually like the opposite sex. Like it's an extremely difficult process. It's extremely um, tedious and there's a lot of support for those that do that, you, you know? And it's not just a church thing. This is, a, I mean, I met plenty of people who, you know, they got it, they got into it and they yeah. were like, yeah, man, you know, and we're going to have to say for me, but I'm in it. We're going to have to bring some people on you know? the show and, and um, actually there's a lot, there's talk a lot of about that you know, because that is a very, very deep discussion to have um, because of the, the, the layers of, right. of not just PC political correctedness that you got to go through, but also um, peeling back peeling that back to just have an honest discussion because a lot of times even with um, uh, men and women sometimes we get into these conversations where uh, we we get so busy with right. correcting each other that we it, it takes us away from having a, just a simple discussion you know but <clears throat> yeah and, and bro honestly like even recently you know doing research and just understand that some of our ancestors were raped by same sex you know people you know and um yeah. the trauma that's left you know on us right like the, the the it being used to humiliate you know um particularly the men you know these white men were uh you know trying to emasculate these these heterosexual <laughs> dudes you know what i mean um who you know that like when I think about that, it 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 it, 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 it it's, it's it's painful, brother. Imagine that our folks had to go through that. You know what I'm saying? And um and then you see it in our families. You know, like you know, and that's nothing. I mean, we're talking about black men. I'm not, you know, the, the stuff that we go through in, in our families that we don't talk about. You know, a lot of the stuff is, um. You know, it, it, it's deep, man. It's 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 so deep, and I know it's a whole other show. I just definitely want to be the point, man. That um, you know, yeah. even with Colored Ink, man. You know, Jaime, my guy, right? Um, you know, brother. You know, Jaime's been flamboyant since day one. You know, and love him, accepted him. Um, I just he, he's he's one of like my biggest supporters. You know, and. You know, we've had to pray for him. You know, the, you know, there's all these subworlds. Like every every community has, or, or every kind of circle has a subculture to it. You know, and you know, he would tell me stuff, bro, that was happening in our city, um, in certain certain areas. And like, I'm like, damn, bro, like, this is what's going on. You know what I'm saying? And you know, um, wow. borderline sex trading, and you know, this is really just dark stuff. And um, you know, the, the, San Francisco has a lot of sick secrets. You know, a lot of sick, sick, a lot of sick secrets that we just don't talk about. And um, you know, him, you know, just saying like, "I pray for me, man." You know, I'm in his communities, and you know, the more he is around us, you know, the more we just love him, bro. Like, he, he didn't have to be around that stuff, you know, um, or uh, other other things. And you know, we we still love him and still work with him on 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 on. on on just different things and you know but I, I accepted right. him for who he was and I even if I came into my Christianity I still accept him I still love him you know and I, I'm there for him I'll pray for him if he needs me um because that's 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 a brother I consider him like a brother you know um he was there from the beginning and, and honestly man like you should know you should be 
it connects with people. You know, that's how you learn. That's how you understand. That's how you grow to see, you know, have a, a diverse group of friends or people you associate with, people that aren't like you. You know, and it is important to be around people who you identify with and can can empathize and sympathize with your struggle. But it's also good to learn and be stretched and, and to see, you know, man, I, I wasn't too familiar with this group or this this um, this culture. And I'm glad I'm able to learn, you know what I mean? Because everyone goes through the human experience. And the more you learn, the more you'll be able to speak to things and, and sympathize, understand. Like when I see skateboard kids in the city, you know, like I just think about like what's their lives are like, how their parents, you know, how their homes are what they came from, you know, like these right. youngsters finding this piece of solitude in these ramps, you know, what, 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 what makes them go there? You know, I, I just think about these things. I think about, you know, um, you know, what our young people are going through. It's a lot, man. The, you know, your kid's generation has, has, has been inundated and, and the most information has yeah. been pushed forward to and, their face and, and, and the world and not has just, sorted not out. Not just sorted out, but like, uh, sometimes it's, uh, do it without your parents. Um, I, like I can't tell you how many, and you you work with a lot of kids that are in uh, right. the foster care system also, but that that don't have their parents or their parents are not in the mental space. Uh, yeah. Um, to guide them through life properly, you know, or they're 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 using these. Uh, they're they're so afflicted by their trauma. Right. That having these kids is almost it's too much for them to bear. Um, and even if they're not in the system they're still parents um, um right. they're still getting through life with a, a mentor and a prayer sometimes if they're lucky um with, with those kids it, it's it's um mm. they they grow up a lot more with a lot more defense mechanisms than the average kid um and and rightfully so because you're i mean it, growing up in a major city chicago new york frisco la uh, Atlanta, just a major metropolitan city, you're going to see a lot more than you would in a rural town. But even in that rural town, and shout out to everybody that's growing up in those small towns, you have your microcosms, your 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 little pieces of a of a big city in there in there where you may have a, a, a molester living down the street or um, an abuser, a few abusers here and there, and the children can't talk about it in school, but everybody knows type shit. It's it's it, it hasn't really changed i think what's right. happening now is that there are more distractions to keep people silent um and not talk about it um and and just for all of our listeners out there right. um i say this a lot but you are not alone if you if you are struggling with a, a, an addiction with a trauma if you are in something right now please uh, reach out to a helpline, reach out to someone you trust, um, um, go to somebody and, and, and just know that you're not alone. There are people out here like Javier and myself who have gone through a lot of these things, um, uh, these, these, uh, abuse. We're here with you. We're, you're not alone. Um, but thank you Hop, for sharing that bro because um, there is a lot of and I think a, right. a part of it is people thinking that other people are against other people for them just being themselves um, when it could just be the message that somebody is putting out there or right. the imagery that somebody is putting out there no different than 
back in right. the 90s when they when John Singleton, rest in peace, did Boys in the Hood and he caught flag uh, from the black community about misrepresenting black people. And he was like, nah, this is what's going on in, in South Central LA, in Los Angeles every day. These these are real, these are real life stories that we're telling. And it was, but it was so new because nobody at that point, we hadn't seen something like that. Yeah. That raw, a child telling another child, asking another child, hey, you want to go see a dead body? Like, we, yeah. Bro, that was so out of this world for people. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah, bro, I think it's, you know, just a sign of, of, of the age that we're yeah, we in, never man, but, shit like that. Um, thank God we got people like you, bro, um, that are working with you, that are, um, you know, on the front lines every day, that are giving of themselves, despite what they have going on in their personal lives, because um, it says a lot, you know, for humanity, that we have people that are willing to give of themselves for others. Yeah, and, and right on, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning more and more, man. You know, there's a lot. You know, it's like every day there's a new, you know, there's a new, you know, a pronoun and, you know, all these, you know, different terminologies, Latin X, and you know, you definitely have to understand. And I think ultimately, man, for me, right, is I'd rather you hear God enough for God to tell you than for me to tell you. You know what I'm saying? That as it comes from from God, it's way better than it comes from me. My thing is just to help you hear that voice, know it, and then you know, and just and be there and be and have that marathon to walk with people, because people are going through very complex and, and deep things, and you know, everyone's triggered. Everyone has wounds. Everyone has all these different functions that's, that's going on. Um, you know, again, I stand on God's word, of course. You know, I, I don't want to sound so liberal that I'm just like. No, nah, God has some expectations, you know, but um, but at the same time, I'm learning from God's character of like meeting people where they are, you know, and knowing that that's not the that's not the finished product of them. That yeah. um, you know, people are gentle, man. You know, people are are, are are fragile, I should say, you know, and you should treat them with care, no matter if you agree with, with certain stances, uh, orientations, political affiliations. Um, my, my thing is I want to I, I want to show God man I want to show something bigger than me and compassion and understanding and learning that you know man it's a different world and 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 the people the younger generation they need people to help them sort sort this out to be patient enough with them to be able to sit with them to listen to their questions um, you know be understanding that they may have some hard stances you know they're, they're still molding themselves you know, and you know, this is the kind of society we need. And unfortunately, a lot of people like if if someone says there's something, it's oh, I'm done. You know, and they don't get to hear about, they don't get to, you know, they don't get to be sympathetic to that process, man. And that's that's to those because these young people need it, man. They need it. They need it, bro. No, there's there's no blueprint for them. We we are the blueprint. They're riding the blueprint, but the the, the generation X's are the closest thing, you know what I mean, to tell them um, and help them find the answer for themselves and to remind them of certain things that are right. just universal right. truths. You know? 
in a in, in a day and age where everything is up for questioning and everything's up for revision and can't, like this is certain universal truths, man. You know, and it's not we could talk about it, but like, you know, not not everything is debatable. You know what I'm saying? Like, love is healthy for you. How, what does that look like? Who can talk about that? Yes, but yes, love, love what, is a good exactly. Thing. What does that look like? Um, and we were. <laughs> Man, I want to keep going with this, Hob, but I feel like that is such a powerful note to end this podcast on. But what you just said, what does love look like? That healthy love, what does that look like? Because again, there's a lot of imagery out there um, on what love is, and it's not real love. It's not even love. It's, 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 I don't know what it is Mm. and what they, (laughs) what they're doing with it, but it's not love. And there's a lot of people out there going Artificial. off of that, um, basing yep. their whole families off of that. Um, these transactional relationships, um, and and the surface, these superficial relationships, uh, where it's like, well, let me get somebody that looks like a cartoon figure, and let me start a family with her, and you know, then that doesn't ride out because it, there's a lot, bro. So we definitely got to get into that man and i want to bring on um i want to bring on a panel man so that we can have this big open discussion about uh about a lot of these things too because uh it's regional you know in in certain areas uh it's certain um uh, messages are are accepted differently are taken in differently bro like uh you know some of the things that we respond to on the west coast for example, uh, down south, it's not it's not getting such a big response from, or it's not impacting them the same way. And I want to find right. out why that is, because you know, for 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 us here, for for black people, for brown people, just people of color, period, in America, we are experiencing so many so many different levels of injustice within a short period of time that. Uh, we're bound to come together at some point, but is there something that's keeping us apart also at the same time? You know, because and 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 what is that? Because if we're right. being impacted differently in different regions, but we're on the same soil, then something has to be at play. Something is working on some kind of level to make that happen or to prevent it from happening. And, and it would just be so interesting to mm. see uh, to have that discussion. Um, but bro. Before we get out of here, man, what do you got going on right now? Is there anything that you want to plug or anything that you got going on? Any shout outs that you want to give? Um, man, uh, what do I got going on? Um, that's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, shout out to, um, you know, the, 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 you know, God, of course, um, love the Lord. Uh, shout out to my church city life. Shout out to my job, 100%. Um, yeah, we're working on some stuff, some writing. Um, there's a couple uh, great artist grants out right now. Um, so if you can't follow me on Instagram at Improv Hive, um, you know, I always have some like, uh, I always have some educational stuff I put on there, some informative stuff for artists. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's great times, bro. Some really good um, opportunities going on. Um, you know, this is a lot of stuff bubbling right now you know and 
um, you know, look for the summer. You know, again, I'm gonna go get my my my, my half of my vaccine. I definitely look looking forward to doing some shows, um, getting back with audience. You know, getting healthy, like you said, man. You gave me some great advice about just taking it day by day, getting healthy, and falling in love again with performance, falling in love yeah. again with writing, falling in love again Nurture with your soul. people. Um, I'm very, I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see how this is gonna look, man. You know, when folks come together and um, how that's gonna be, you know, I'm 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 just trying to get through tomorrow, man. Just like you know, not feeling regret from getting this this uh, the shot, but um, you know, I want to do the right thing. You know, it, it finally hit me. You know, um, and unfortunately, you know, we live in a country in a society where we're skeptic of everything, and rightfully so. You know, and sometimes that peace comes from in. You know, when you get it, and you're like, all right, cool, man. It's time. You know, it's time. You know, you know. Some some things can be good. Some things can be righteous. Not everything has to be a plot or a ploy. I mean, you guys still got to keep your eye open for it. But um, I definitely look forward to being with other folks and making art safely and not having to right, think about, man, someone right. might get sick. You know? Um, you know, because it's real. I, I, I believe COVID is definitely, it's real. You know, a lot of people have died from it. Um, people still in the hospital. I, the reason why I can't get into the hospital the way I want to, because, like... The whole procedure, like to even go to the hospital, is so crazy. But like, I really love my job, man. And I got some, some amazing news coming out. You know, we're gonna be doing some dope programs this summer with young people. Um, I'm definitely gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have some new material. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get some new poems ready, and um, I'm just excited for the for to get ready to go to the summer, man, and just kind of get back into society, you know, and uh, get back to my art get back to my calling, get back to just being organized, just being better, bro. Like, I, I really want to um, continue to grow, and I think COVID has given me a lot of time to think, and Man, uh, I I'm ready to take some big to steps see what you got bro, cooking, so. bro. Yeah, like, that's it, it. It, everything that you touch is literally, like, I'm not just saying that because you're my boy. It, everything that you touch is dope, man. Yeah. From workshops with the youth to, to the writing workshops to the plays, the the e- even when you're just uh, helping somebody put on an event, that event is dope, and the people get the people that are in the the audience uh, at one of your um, uh, one of your shows are they man it, it, they 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 get a lot from it man like you guys got to see how people respond to this brother. As a matter of fact, how do you want to you want to you want to drop a piece before we get out of here? Um, <laughs> no, but, um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, uh, what's a good one? Um, putting okay, you on the spot uh, right now. What's, 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 uh, man, yeah, yeah, no, but uh, artists, when someone says that you should have something <laughs> in the tank, man, have something new in the tank. Um, take a second, bro. Um, you got, you got a minute. There's a, there's a poem I'm, I'm working on okay. called how, how long should they kill our prophets? Um, and, and it and, goes and, uh, like before, before um, you get into it, and I'll give you you know a second. Um, before you get into it, rest in peace to uh, yeah. George Floyd, um, and uh, shout out to the Floyd family. Rest in peace to my cousin Barack Hall, uh, who was 19 when Oakland police killed him. Um, uh, rest in peace to to Squeeze. Uh, uh, one of the brothers from Lakeview, 
who the police killed on Ocean View Park. Rest in peace to to Mario Hodge. Uh, 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 rest in peace to to mm. to every fallen brother and sister. Rest in peace to to uh, uh, what was the sister who they they killed in the jail cell. Um, um, uh, Sandra Bland. Rest in peace Sandra to Bland. Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace to to my, my my cousin Skip, who was killed by Los Angeles Police Department. Uh, rest in peace to to my cousin uh, um, uh, James Cheney, who was killed uh, during the Civil Rights Movement, right before the Civil Rights Movement. Rest in peace to every fallen brother and sister of color, even if even if you're not of color. Rest in peace uh, to everyone that we lost. Um, uh, at the hands of this system, this corrupt system. Um, I pray for change, I pray for your families, and I pray for justice. But most importantly, I pray that we can all get it together so that we can actually see the day that we're given justice and that uh, our people did not die in vain. But uh, without further ado, hi, any time you're ready, bro. I just had to get that out the way. Uh, okay, I I I do I do a quick one, man. I'll do the 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 um Marvin Gaye. Um, I had a dream, kind of like MLK. I had a dream. I had a conversation with Marvin Gaye. He said, "What's going on in the world today?" I said, "Hey, hey, yo, Marvin. I don't want to say, but forget it. I'm gonna say it anyway." And I said, "Marvin, our mothers are still struggling. Marvin, multiple jobs. They're still juggling. Marvin." And our fathers are still either dead or in jail or on the sidelines doing nothing. And while they're not even noticing their babies are needed something, it's called attention. And let me mention, these kids, they got their eyes wide open. They hoping, they scoping to be down with the negativity that the media is promoting. But they never be noticing to look downstage. You got five-year-old kids throwing up gang signs at an early age. How can these kids be so young but already filled up with rage? And Marvin Gaye's like, hop, why are these kids acting that way? I said, Marvin. These kids be relating to what rappers say. They telling me they ready to ride or die without no delay. They should have known better. I got kids that can spit the illest 16 bars, but doing 16 years behind bars and doing all detention centers. I said, Marvin, maybe they need an X-Men to come save them. Mm. Mm. Y'all, that cool? man. Bro, <laughs> this is the Black Man's Heart podcast. Y'all just experienced Javier Reyes future poet laureate of San Francisco man brother is always an honor oh, thank and you, we're gonna do this again uh, in the future <clears throat> in the near future but thank you thank you for that and um yes and y'all Hav has a, uh, a uh, his podcast um, on Spotify we just did an episode improv with Hav um, Hav you got an IG or anything Yeah, Improv Hob, I am at I am P-R-O-V-J-A-V on all um, social media platforms. Um, yeah, you know, you'll, you'll be, you'll be, uh, talks of a book will be coming pretty soon. Um, I might even film um, a, a, a one-man show as well. You know, I know we don't normally sell those like that anymore, but um, yeah, you're going to start seeing some uh, poetry. Just look me up, Improv Hob, on YouTube, everywhere. 
um, Instagram. I'm going to start posting up a lot more content, a lot more poems, a lot more just ideas, man. Um, I want to start being creative. So right. you're a part of that, Barry. You know what I mean? Man, so, man. so you know, I can't wait. We're going to keep it pushing, y'all. We love y'all. Y'all take care. Nurture your souls. Nurture each other. Be there for each other. Brothers, lift somebody up. Say something positive and uh, speak life. Start speaking. Let's start speaking life to each other. Um, I will see y'all in a minute. Peace, y'all.